It is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. And I'm Tim Coleman. Tim Coleman! <laughs> I'm the Tim Coleman. The. That's, you referred to me once as the Tim Coleman, so well, that's, that's become my name now. I'm it has the to be. It has to be. We'll explain all of that and how Catherine Frady has now um, finally been vindicated and justified because she's been saying, when are you having Tim Coleman on the show? <laughs> you said you were going to have I'm, Tim Coleman I'm on here, the show. Catherine. <laughs> so, yes, you, all you seem to have is these attractive women, and then what, what about Tim Coleman? <laughs> So, so here he is, Frady, yes. filling in for you. Uh, we are delighted that you are watching, liking, sharing, subscribing, whether you're listening to us on any of the audio podcast platforms like Audible or Google or, you know, Apple Podcasts, um, iHeart. Pick a thing. Spotify, Stitcher. I mean, I can name on and on and on, but you get the idea. Yes. Find us on your podcast app and subscribe that way if you want to just listen uh, as you do things. But if you're a YouTuber like uh, we want, please do help us subscribe. We made it past the uh, the 666 um, threshold. Oh, yes, I, I saw that episode where you said someone is going to... One, uh, one of the Einstein guys. Is going to drop out, just so it drop, falls back to 666. But we burned him because <laughs> what happened was we got up to 672 and then he unsubscribed. It dropped us back to 671. Ah. And now uh, we've gotten a few more. So we're up uh, to 675 and we're, get, and we're starting to make some progress. Good, good. I talked to some people... So, oh, by the way, you can smash that button for notifications when um, you'd like to do that on YouTube so you know when we put out a new episode. um, But the... uh, I've been talking to people. I was at the uh, the big barbecue bash in Maryville, and I was speaking with their social media uh, person and talking about how important Instagram reels are. So I'm trying to make yes. Instagram reels. So do something reel worthy during yeah. the show, and we'll we'll make it uh, a reel. Because every time I post a reel, I gain, we seem to gain a subscriber. So I'm happy about that. Okay. Uh, last thing is our merch store. You know we've got the mugs. You've seen the mugs. Yes, and you notice uh, then they're double sided. I, I know. That. I sprung. I sprung for the, yeah. the good mugs. Get the good ones. Mm. Well, I had. Um, I don't know. If oh, you and make, that's you, good. You might not remember this, but <laughs> there was an earlier version of this podcast where I had single sided mugs. <laughs> yes, I remember. I remember. Yeah. So now so I've now got double splurging on the double. Yes. Good, good. Uh, of course, the beach towel. I love showing off the beach towel. And you I know. Notice, I've seen this in your podcast, and this uh, I'm so impressed soft. with this. It's yes. So soft. It's really it's soft as we say on the show, isn't it? Yes. Look at that, Frank and friends. It's just lovely. So uh, I think um, you were probably invited yourself back over for a swim, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is fine. I was on um, Living East Tennessee with uh, Tala Shatara back on um, June 30th, and she said she wanted to come over with all of her crew. Like, well, people say that, but they never, they, yeah, they don't yeah. actually do it. Well, and I say things sometimes, and I just don't have the time to do uh, it. But, yeah. Well, my next-door neighbor, Nancy, took care of the pool while we were in Virginia for a few days, and she said it really helped her son's back. He's a grown man, but he was cleaned the pool, and then he floated for a little bit, and it said it, it, was, it helped him stand up, you know, just whatever sore muscle thing he had. Yeah. So I said, well, you should go in again. She's like, well, when are you not home? (laughs) So I sent her a text. I said, I'm going over to Channel 6. I'll be gone for two hours. And by the time I get to Channel 6, I get a text back, thanks, he's in the water. (laughs) Like, yeah, okay, I'm fine with that. You you could do it whenever. Well, I don't have a pool at my house, but I do have a hot tub that my neighbor gave me. He, you know, he had a, a kind of a rental. It was a vacation home. Yeah. And they would rent it out every once in a while, so they had to have, you know, had to have a hot tub. And after he decided they were going to move there, him and his wife, neither one used the hot tub. And, and it's, it's maintenance. And yeah, and well, I would go down and, and take oh, care of it for him. Okay. I would, you know, put the chemicals in and, and clean it and do this and that. 
And How do you move a hot tub? Well, I guess you empty it. I didn't think of it. Well, I was envisioning the way that we in, the way that we did it. It was on his side porch when there's railings, and it would sure. not fit through there. We emptied it, but still, it's very heavy. Yeah. It, take, it took four of us to, to move it. We ended up having to take off the rail off his porch. That makes and sense. Moved and backed the truck right up there, and then yeah. of course it slid right onto the, tr- the back of the truck. Okay, and then we had to put the nail the rail back. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that makes sense to me. I think um, uh, my back neighbor he was building his deck and created a space for his new hot tub while he was building the deck, and then you know you can just finish the deck after you get the tub in place. It makes sense. Yes, interesting. And I, I love a hot tub because in the middle of winter when it snows, there's just something about the snow on the ground and the cold outside, and then the warmth of the hot tub. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. See, I, I just was hoping that you somehow put wheels on it and you and, <laughs> and all of the Sweet Fanny Adams gang idea. would just drive it down the road <laughs> full of water, maybe in the 4th of July parade we, or something. We could do that, yeah. Nice. Well, uh, let's explain uh, Tim Coleman. Okay. Uh, you may have seen him, if, you watch, if you're a loyal viewer, you've seen Tim Coleman on this show before. Aha. Aha. That's right. Uh, when we did the Oktoberfest episode from Ober Gatlinburg, uh, yes. you and Laura Schoonemaker were the entertainment that day mm-hmm. and uh, did a fine job. And then you sat, well, been, first of all, um, Ober Gatlinburg was so generous. They brought over samples of foods Food, yes. for us to try on camera, um, which, by the way, if you have a restaurant, that's the way to do it. I don't, I don't ask me what I want. I don't. Does it, you, don't, you, don't want it, you don't want that to know that. I'm too particular. Just bring what you're featuring and lay it out there. And on camera, I'll take it. I'll, I'll play along. Well, you know, you say they're generous. They are so generous to the people that work there. Like, really? They, they rolled out the, the royal carpet for us. Oh, that's we, good. We got food and, you know, all the attractions up there. Because we only did, a, you know, like a, a 40, 45-minute show. Yeah. And then we would have the would have like an hour or fifteen minutes before Between. the next show. So you could go, and then we could do all the attractions we did, and you know, and they've they, got ice skating, they've got ice bumper cars, the, they've got the the, the other. They they the, last year they had a. The ski, the lift I didn't get to, to do this, but what? they had a, a a hiking trail that they've put nice. up into there, and they have a, a guide who takes you. Of course, goals goals for this year. I wasn't year. sure how long um, you know it was gonna the hike was gonna be, so I didn't get a chance to do that. But people that have done it, they rave about it. So. Well, we only. Touch the tip of the Ober Mountain, I guess. That's oh, yeah. not an iceberg, you know, the mountain. But, it, but we could certainly go back and do another episode there. In well, fact, we, we really could literally go four times a year just to get the changes of seasons. I'm not sure if we're going to be there this year or not. I don't, know if, you, I don't know if you've heard the news. No. Ober Gatlinburg has sold. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So I met, I interviewed um, the Ken, guy who owned it, right? Ken, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. So what have they done? Um, it was bought by... Old Smoky Moonshine, I believe. The people that own Old Smoky Moonshine. This is fascinating to me because yes. the moonshine companies are getting into it. Well, they also bought the campground down near me, which is one of my favorite Old Smoky did? Yes. Which one was that? The yeah, Greenbrier. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because meanwhile, their competition, Tennessee Shine Company, has been buying up stuff. Yes. They bought the, the mountain coaster that is now known as Moonshine Mountain Coaster. Mm-hmm. <gasps> So Old Smoky owns Ober? Yes. What are they going to, they're going to have to call I, it? Well, see, I don't know, if, like I said, I don't know if they're going to, because we've been doing it for 11 years. Yeah. I don't know, I've lost track. But I, I'm not sure if they're going to ask us to come back or if they're going to bring gonna in their, their own, own entertainment. Well, because they do have a tradition of booking entertainment at their venues, yes. at the island yes. and in downtown Gatlinburg. Oh, Wow. That's a, tw- that's we a shall twist, see. huh? We shall see. What they're going to have to get? They need Oktoberfest moonshine. I mean, they, I, I, they normally I how. Uh, get a hold of us like late July, early August. Okay. So haven't well, heard anything way. yet, but 
We'll see. We'll put in a good word up. for Frank and Friends, so if oh, we well, can well, come oh, back absolutely. And, and do yeah. a show. If I'm there, you're invited to come back. All right. <laughs> well, also, I know you as an actor. I mean, you had multiple careers. You were telling me as you got here, yeah. well, you know, when I used to be in real estate, you know, when I used to foreclose homes, I did one just like this. He's looking around going, I don't think I, did I do a foreclosure did I, at this house? Yes, did I foreclose on this? It's possible. It's certainly I've done possible. I've so many in Knoxville. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the foreclosure things are, are funny because... I do not have the heart to throw people out of their homes. It's like, that's not really my you're, job. You're a kind man. My job was to go in after the people had left the home and get the house, what we call real estate ready. Clean it up. You know, if they've left anything, you know, get yeah. rid of it. And people leave some strange things in their houses. Well, when you're being, uh, when you're leaving under sudden circumstances, it's almost like you just dropped dead. Yes. You exactly. know, and when and anyone who's cleaned and, out the house of a dead person, you know, they were not clearly planning on... Um, Leaving that soon <laughs> because exactly. there's all of this stuff. Well, and yeah, and and we had to get rid of all that stuff. And the neighbors loved us because we would put everything out on the lawn with a sign that said "Help yourself for free." Yeah, for free. Well, and someone even took my sign. <laughs> no, <laughs> help no, yourself, no, but I didn't even take my sign yeah, except for even an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, help yourself, but help not yourself. the sign. Everything but the sign. But Leave we, the sign. We did the house way out in the middle. You had to go down this gravel road. Turned down another dirt road, and this house was, you know, way, way on the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it had tons of, I, I don't want to call them antique things, but remember in the World's Fair when they had the, the, the bottles, the, Coke, the Pepsi bottles? Sure. Okay. And the Pepsis were still in them with the lids on them. Oh, wow. And I thought somebody collected these, and they're probably, might be valuable to somebody. Well, yeah. I mean, there's but a guy. Not to us. I mean, right, we had right. to get rid of everything. So we would put them out there with all, a, a broken, uh, Toy box, a kid's toy box. There's a and guy. I thought, Nobody is ever going to take that. We came back the next day. Everything was God. gone. Everything. Well, I mean, you know what? If you're handy, you could take that toy box and think, you know what? I might be able to take this apart and build a different toy box exactly. out of what's here. Exactly. And I'd rather see that happen yeah. than than take everything to the dump and throw it away. But the that, World's Fair memorabilia, the guy who really in Knoxville is the king of collecting that, mm-hmm. is this dude who owns Sweet Peas Barbecue. Is okay. he? I think his name is Chris something, but he was in the band Grand Torino, I was I learned. Okay. And he just get, really got into it, and I think he even owns the logo. He bought the he bought the legal rights to the logo of the 1982 World's Fair. So that's why when you go to Sweet Peas, they've got so much stuff. And then he ended up selling off a bunch of it recently because oh. he'd gotten to the point where it was too much stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's they have it in the museum downtown. So yep. I wasn't here for the World's Fair. We, you must have been. Uh, <laughs> were you? I don't know. Yes, yes. I mean, I was here for the World's Fair. I know you're old enough to yeah. have been here. My question is, did you? How long have you lived in Tennessee? Oh, well, actually, I am a descendant of my one of my grandparents. Their last name was Pittman, as in Pittman Center. Yeah. And I found out that uh, that was, back when it was White Oak Flats, the Pittmans came here, and I, I don't know if he started the first school or the first. Yeah. Hospital something. That's you why know, the high school is called Gatlinburg Pittman High School. Right. Uh, and Pittman Center is an area right. be, be between, I guess, sort of behind Pigeon Forge and, and Gatlinburg is one way to describe it. Right. You know, that's my favorite shortcut, don't tell anyone, to get to Gatlinburg <laughs> is to take Pittman Center Road and come out through the glades. Uh, well, you can come near, right near my house. I think so. I, I live. I've uh, been looking. Pittman I just Center didn't, Road didn't splits the at one part. You know, it splits and it goes around this way. And uh, if you know, the, where the, have you been by the covered bridge down there? I've oh, been by uh, the bison. There's a oh, bison. Oh, Emirates over there. Cove Road. Oh, you've yeah. been by the bison. You're yeah. if you were to take a rock and 
slingshotted over the hill, you would be at my house. Guess what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> in the near future. But um, when I say I know you as an actor, you know, I first met you through the Gatlinburg Improv Fest and through the Sweet Fanny Adams Theater. I missed the Improv Fest. Those would oh. Some of the well, best times. Aaron Cody Campbell is trying to uh, revive that spirit in Oak Ridge with the Secret City Improv Festival. And um, he did one last year despite the pandemic. He powered through. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, uh, I performed in it. And it was, was it? And a lot of people came to I'm it. I'm going to have to give it a try. And it was, I'd say, well, worth it. Aaron was part of our group at one time. You know, he, he was, Oh, Aaron Cody Campbell. Yes. He, he, oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and, uh, they did a, James and Christian, I had the, you know, the improv group. And fantastic. I can't remember the name of our... It was something about the suspenders. Uh, uh, suspenders of disbelief. That's right. Yes. Okay. And we all wore suspenders. <laughs> and, we, and we changed our name a couple of times. Yes, I remember a few. Of, uh, that's the one that comes to mind first. But, yes. Uh, so that's September 30th, October 1st, Grove Theater, Oak Ridge. So come on out and see yes, it. Cause exactly. Because that was, uh, like, we had so much fun. You met so many people. Yeah. And there's so much talent. I've never been in a room with so much talent in my entire life. Well, I mean, and, and some of these people were, were like improv superstars. Like yeah. they would teach the classes and then, you know, of course you'd see them yes. perform. And they're just amazing people. Like uh, Tara from uh, Atlanta and right. uh, Ian. Ta- Tara Oaks. And, and I don't even know if you remember the Ian event. We were, you know, we were all on st- All the improvisers were on stage. It was like a jam session yeah, where and, you mix and match. It's right. like an all-star game. So I imagine all these and people from you, different teams right. are now playing together in the same game. And the game was breakfast cereals. We had to name a breakfast. And nobody could name it twice. And he would point to you and you if you hesitated or named a breakfast cereal that was already named then you were eliminated i know my breakfast cereals i mean i <laughs> you're like jerry seinfeld are you? yeah i mean i you know i can name breakfast cereals for days and so of course i was one of the three finalists it was me ian and tara oh that's the, oh wow you and, and two was, professionals yeah, I mean, well i know pros. it and i was so intimidated you know i can tell you this now but it's like imagine how they i'm up here with improvisational royalty and you think you were me. intimidated. Imagine how those two felt, thinking they were going to be taken down by a noob. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the, the clip is, is on YouTube. Somebody put it on YouTube. Oh, I want to see that. And it was where we just improvised this song. And it was amazing. You would have thought we'd been rehearsing that for weeks. I did. I've seen just, that clip. It was, and then when, when we finished. And, but they both, both of them are such great improvisers that they, you know, they just kind of, it lifted me into yeah. the, you know, it's, it's like you just go with the flow. And they're and from the Atlanta scene. I know. And we would get people from the Orlando scene, which is huge. Yes. Um, even a few Chicago troops. Detroit. Like there that. was a group from Detroit. So that's, well, anyway, the Secret City one, he's got some of the Orlando guys come up, and he's got people coming in from the Midwest. New people I've that we've never to, I've got to get out there and see met that. before. That's, and it was, that's good. So I'll check. And then the high school troops that are surprisingly good from uh, Oak Ridge, they were stellar. And this coming year, he's also going to have Bearden and Farragut. And they're going to have some kind of, I don't know what they're exactly they're doing, but some kind of special intensives. So, all right, so yes, acting. I'm definitely going to try that. So then yeah. um, I roped you into being in the front page follies. <laughs> and thank yes. goodness I did. Oh, that was you so helped. much fun. You lift. You, that was you so have much a. Fun. See, the Front Page Follies was a bunch of allegedly non-professionals, like newspaper reporters, and they would make jokes about how they didn't know how to dance, they didn't know how to sing, and they would just go a show and kind of embrace the fact that they were terrible. <laughs> well, when I became in charge of it, I'm like, well, I'm terrible, so I will surround myself. Like the, the director, when I when I did my first practice, he's like, "Do you know anybody else? Do you have any friends who could sing?" <laughs> I said, "Well, my wife uh, would be." Oh, your wife interested. has an excellent voice. He said, well, "Can she come?" I all said, "No, she's out of town at New York. They're staying at Carnegie Hall this week." He said, "Well, wait." 
<laughs> Carnegie Hall. We, oh, wait. We, 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 she, can, she can miss a couple of rehearsals. Just get her in the show when she goes back. So I brought in deliberately ringers. So my wife, mm-hmm. you, and a few others because you were available. Um, you were on, I guess you had retired. I had from, retired, yes. I from retired. Sweet Fanny Adams Theater. But I retired heard. for just that one year. And then I went back and finished out the, yeah. the rest of the run. But I took advantage of that. Yes. And I'm glad you did because I met some amazing people. And, you know, it's some incredible people. You know, but you also showed us, you showed us the tricks of the trade. That, you know, the stuff, I mean, you, you have a way of having to learn the material. And, and there's no shame in bringing a prop that has the lyrics hidden exactly. on the other side exactly. of the prop. This. Genius stuff that none of us would have done, but it's so common. <laughs> well, you know, some, sometimes we would rehearse a show and only have 10 days to get yeah, it up sweet and fanning. running. Yeah, and there, if, if you, well, the, the theater's been totally my mom law, but if you it's walk gone, around yeah. the back of the proscenium, you would see notes that we had placed, or things that we had written on the... <laughs> oh, little prompts. <laughs> little just to reminders. remind us. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get yeah. that. I, get, I mean, I've done enough shows where... Um, I had to do one, and I know we should be talking about your show. Oh my gosh, I'm still we're no, no, 16 no, no. minutes, 17 minutes into the show, and we're just getting warmed up. <laughs> but I love show business. Mm. So I had a, a bit for the Oak Ridge Ballet where they were doing a kind of a knockoff of Into the Woods. Okay. So they didn't have the rights to do the actual show, plus it's a ballet. So it's no, there's no talking in the ballet. Mm-hmm. But you can't make head nor tail of what's going on without someone explaining it. So they said, Frank, you can play somebody's father. We'll dress you up in a suit and we're going to put you out there as somebody's father. We're going to give you a clip-on microphone and you're going to explain the story of what's happening or what's going to happen or whatever. They said, we don't, just go. They, they, those were my instructions. That's what I had. That's, that's every actor's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Get out there and do it. So I was trying to figure out how do I memorize? I'm bad at memorization. So I had put notes on both sides of the stage depending on where my next entrance you, was going to come from. You have to from. take my class. I teach a memorization class. You have to take my class. I'll that. try to remember to take that. Yeah. Well, when I, when I first took the class, I took it with this girl. We came out and couldn't remember where we parked our car. <laughs> I don't even know if you're joking class. or serious. No, it's a good class. Are I mean, you serious? It, yeah. We, we okay. forgot where we parked. But, of course... That was before no, no, we took the class. I don't know Once if you're serious. Out, our memory was so sharp. In the <laughs> I don't know if you're serious. Do you teach the class? Yes, I do. Ah, okay. It's real. I was going to do that. This for is a real thing. Class. Yes. Okay. I teach the class. This is, I'm, I'm guaranteed to improve your memory by at least 300%. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Because I'm afraid of memorization. We talked about this last week yeah. with Laura Beth Wells, and she's afraid of improv. Whereas, so I was trying to figure out how am I going to do this bit as the, and I I decided I was going to flip it rather than come out there and tell the audience what is about to happen, which means I'd have to memorize what is about to happen. I learned the story well enough and flipped it around so that I became, in effect, the play-by-play sports announcer. Okay. So as the action is unfolding, I would come out and say, did you see what just happened? The witch did this, this, and this. (laughs) And it worked out much better because I I would just be saying what I'm seeing. You know, and that was fine. And it worked out better with everybody. As long as I didn't step in the way of the ballerinas, we got it all worked out. My wife's in the audience. We do the show three times, you know. And this person um, be sitting next to her behind her says, that guy, uh, that, I don't know, how does he do that? I mean, how does he lip sync to the recording like that so perfectly? Because they thought, yeah. <laughs> and my wife's saying, "No, no, that's his. That's his actual voice. That's what he actually. That's what he actually sounds like when he's talking on stage." Yeah, you've got that good radio voice. <laughs> I better take a sip of water so but, I have that good radio. But voice. you know, you, you talk about you know, actors have two nightmares. One is being on stage in their underwear, 
and the other is which being also shoved done. on stage <laughs> many times, being shoved on stage, not knowing what you're doing. No you've got to go on. You've got to go on. Yeah. And that actually happened to me. I went to see a friend in a dinner theater production of Odd Couple. <sighs> And I got there, and everyone is in a panic because the guy who played Murray the cop yeah. had appendicitis. Oh, he no. came in to do the show, but you know, then they had to call an ambulance and Didn't. take him away in an ambulance. And my friend says, "Tim Coleman can do it," and I was like, what? "I, I, I'm not that familiar with the show." Yeah. And the guy says, "Well, Murray the cop, play, you know, he's in the card scenes. Yeah, we can put a script right there in front of your face. Yeah, one of the secrets I were you talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Put the script right there on the card table, and, and you know, and it wasn't visible. And I was just actually reading the lines. Yes, and it worked very well. I mean, it was you know, I mean, it's uh, an emergency. Of course, and the guy wasn't back for the rest of the run. So, guess who played Murray the cop? You. Yeah, and the lady. No, on the TV odd couple, wasn't the guy who played Murray the cop? Wasn't he the same guy? Like Al Molinaro or something like that, who always on Happy Days and took over the diner. Yes, you know Arnold's diner. Arnold, Arnold's diner. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think it's the same guy who was Murray the Cop on yes. Happy Days, yes, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you for seventies TV trivia for one hundred dollars. So we're still twenty minutes into the show. We still haven't talked Talk, about Bright Star. Okay, but we're getting to it. We're getting because there. I've we're seen warming you, up to it <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen you in so many productions now. Yeah. Um, you you become. Uh, I guess a com- one of those great community actors. Now that Sweet Fanny is gone, you still love got the acting bug. You still yes. do it. Well, you know, I came to the. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the story of how I got into Sweet Fanny Adams. I came to do theater across the street at the Carousel Restaurant. The people I, I didn't know there was the, a theater. This, the, backing up to the dinner theater we we're just talking about that yeah. I was doing Murray the Cop. Murray the Cop. The people that owned that came and saw. Not that production, but the next production we did, which I once I got in with that group, yeah, I was in, there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, once and, you're, especially as a man, there's a shortage of grown men who are available to do community exactly. theater. So once you're in, you're in. Yeah, well, and they came and they said, "Could you put a show together and come to Gatlinburg?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I put a show together, and, and that that round restaurant was yes. But unfortunately, a, what was it? A carousel? It's called the carousel. Yeah, and the the the, the uh, floor the floor revolved. But we didn't. Sweet. We never actually got to do a show there because we can't. Our, I had our show and our actors and our sets and props and you know, and the restaurant had gone under, unfortunately. Oh. And well, that, that, so, you know what? I, well, That's well, not news in Gatlinburg because every time you go, some restaurant has closed and some other exactly. restaurant or it, business has opened in that exactly. spot. Exactly. Yeah. But we ended up on the far end of town, <clears throat> and uh, Don and Pat McPherson, who owns Sweet Fanny Adams, came. Yeah. Oh. And I had to find a place for my actors to live. So, I so this is before Sweet Fanny existed? No, before, well, for me. No, they had been already been in existence for oh, like, right. uh, eight, nine years. Okay. And, but I, took, I saw an ad in the paper for a, for a house. So I went and called, and it was Pat McPherson who answered the phone. The wife of the, house. And I'm thinking, the co-creator of Sweet I, Fanny Adams Should Theater. I tell her that I'm going to be opening a theater across the street from Sweet Fanny's or how do I and I, so I, I thought I don't, she'll find out eventually so yeah. I just told her right out and she goes oh and she was so welcoming and so she goes darling we cannot have enough theater in this area and she was just opened her arms to me and she said oh, anything we can good. do to help you out this is good. and they, they came down and saw our production and we were struggling not, you know because it, it just wasn't working yeah. and she says why don't you come and audition for us and I said Okay, That's and I came beautiful. down and I thought because I, I love that theater. You know, once you go into Sweet Fanny Adams, there's this magic about it. It is, and I just I fell in love with the theater. I fell in love with it, and I remember I auditioned, 
And uh, Jim Lovenshiber was our musical director. And, you know, he liked what I did. Pat liked what I did. Don looked at me quizzically and he says, what size dress do you wear? <laughs> and I knew then that I was in for a ride. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was a ride. They, they put you in those comical, like oh, Milton Berle dress, you know, yeah. drag bits so yes. often. Yes, yes. The school teacher was, my, was the classic. <laughs> and well, I joked about you doing the underwear sketch, but that's the one. paper dance, it's yes. It's called the newspaper dance where these three guys, usually Don, or then later his son Chris, mm-hmm. you, and whoever the other man in the cast was. Exactly. Come out and you do this bit where you're constantly moving. Right. And one person keeps dropping their paper and ripping their paper and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So. <laughs> Trying to cover up your bits. But exactly. you're standing there in, in just boxer shorts and a exactly. tank top. Yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah, that was my other nightmare, appearing on stage in my underwear. And so now I got paid to do it. <laughs> check that box right off. So uh, you've done other theater shows, and I've yes, seen you around. And um, and now you, how, what was that? I guess you did one at... Uh, Flying Anvil, Anvil Theater. Uh, the, yeah. Yes. And now Bright Star. Mm-hmm. And I uh, apologize for taking 25 minutes to get to this, but Bri- I was, we had to get caught up. Yes. Bright Star is so exciting, and it's written by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell. Yes. Who, and I thought when I... When I it's got to be a different... Nothing, you think, it's got to be a different Steve Martin, right? It's not going to be the same Steve Martin. Well, I, I thought it was going to be a, you know, like, oh, Steve Martin wrote this. This has got to be one of those g- comedies. It, no, it, this is one of those heartfelt shows that you would not expect Steve Martin to write something like this. Yeah. But it's just an incredible show, and we have... Let me see the poster. We have an incredible cast. Oh, wow. Look at this. This is uh, the folks at uh, Encore Theatrical, and I'm really excited about Encore Theatrical. Um, I've, I'm trying to hold that a little bit. There's a QR code. I don't know if I can get it on camera or not, but I'll put the link in the description for all this stuff. Uh, Bright Star, because... Um, I, they used to do their summer show at Jefferson County High School. Yes. And I, when I saw them do uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Mamma Mia and a few others, I was like, especially Hunchback yeah. of Notre Dame, that one blew me away with how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they do good shows, and I think I've seen a few, I drove all the way up to Morristown to see maybe uh, Chorus Line? Chorus Line, yes. We, yes. You would know, because we were in the audience. We were both yeah, beside we each other. The, yeah, yeah. We That's, it happens all the time. When like, you yeah. look over across the... Like, My friend Destiny was in that show. She met the, the guy that played Sir Robin and married him. They ended up... Get out of here. And they're, yeah. And as a matter of fact, his daughter is, has just been cast in um, the, the production of doing of... Uh, oh, I just wrote it down. <laughs> they are doing... Memorization. <laughs> It's a it's a kid show. It's <laughs> oh the kid show. I've got it's written down here. Yeah, it, it, it's just been cast. It's um, oh the Adams family. Hello. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's a good good. So yeah, yeah and I'm, so I'm anxious to see that. So anyway, I've been going to encore shows for a bit, and now they've purchased in Morristown mm-hmm. um, their own facility, and they're converting it into a theater. Yes, it's huge, and it's it has potential for so much. There's a there's going to be meeting rooms and classrooms and there's a room for costumes and a room for oh, construction wow, wow. and it's it's just it, it's amazing you know? they invited me up to do a fundraiser one time just just was an improv night really it was mm-hmm. just they wanted me and, and someone else from anyone else I could gather from Einstein Simplified to come up and just do some improv exercises with the actors from Encore but it was also yeah. really a fundraiser you know it was a wine and cheese party so everyone's sipping their wine and like I'll get up and try on improv <laughs> 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 but we had a blast just raising money so that they could eventually get to this level with Encore Theatrical so what's the basic 
Bright Star is one of those ones where you hear it, and I'm like, I know I've heard it before, and I have to remember, wait, is that the Steve Martin one, or is that a different one? No, it, yeah, I don't know enough about it. Definitely Steve Martin one. And I don't know it, well, when it played it. on Broadway, it was it, it got some uh, uh, Tony nominations. Nice. So, but it, it's it, you know, it's a it's a great show. It's one of those shows that I really don't want to tell you the whole plot of the show. Well, you I will have to tell, tell me takes, something to get me to go. Okay, it <laughs> takes place in Appalachia, and uh, hey, we also take in, place in Appalachia. <laughs> What a coincidence! And it's uh, the music and the you know the the sets and everything are just amazing in this. I mean, you know, every day I go in, you know, to see a production from start to finish. You have this, uh, you know, where you meet people at at the read through. Yeah, this very bare bones is just sitting down and reading the script. And then as as time passes, you get to know these people and you know engage in conversation with them, and they're amazing people. They have all different aspects of their life. Uh, one girl has just. Uh, um, audition for uh, Rockets for the Christmas Radio show. City musical. Yes, and she got she got it. She made it. So it is a musical, right? Yeah, a musical. musical. <laughs> so it's a bit of a. I think but, uh, Frank Rosamund, who's in the cast. Oh, oh my gosh! Him and his son are both so talented. Like you know, I was talking about the improv that, that I felt. Kind of, yeah. These people are the same way. They are so talented. No kidding. Frank and his son both are in this production. Well, and Frank has got multi. This is so weird. A little Frank Rosamund side note. Yes. Is he sent me the note and said, "Hey, I want you to talk about. Can you? Would you consider talking about Bright Star on?" Um, your Frank and Friends show. And I said, well, yeah, plus I'd love to have Tim Coleman come on. I've been t- talking about having Tim Coleman on as a guest, and he writes back to me, Tim thought you were kidding. <laughs> Tim did not know you were serious about him coming on as a guest host. Well, uh, to, to clarify that, when you were doing the Oktoberfest show, and you know, and I said, Frank, and you asked Kara, you said, Kara, would you like to come and you know, guest host sometime? And I looked at you and I said, that's just kind of you know, sexist, Frank, because yep. you're always having women and, you know, then the next thing I know, I get a call. I'm going to be hosting a show. Well, Freddy, I was kidding. I was no, Freddie gave me a gave me a, a talking to. Uh, <laughs> because uh, she noticed after um, she had to go. She's gotten all this opera stuff. So, mm-hmm. and since COVID, she hadn't been going anywhere. Now she's going everywhere to make yes. it up for lost time. And she says to me, so I noticed that uh, while I was away, uh, you had on uh, this beautiful woman and this beautiful woman and this beautiful woman and this beautiful woman. When are you having Tim Coleman on? <laughs> yes. So here you are. Yeah, here I am. Uh, <laughs> but Frank Rosamund contacted me, and I was um, talking over at Channel 6 with uh, Tala Shatara, mm-hmm. and they, they're running this segment on Living East Tennessee, and it's Frank Rosamund with his day job doing a personality test of the two hosts, of uh, Eric Brazil and Tala Shatara. And I said, that's Frank Rosamund. She's like, yeah, so what? I said, well, he used to be the publisher of the New Sentinel. And she's like, no, he didn't. I said, yes. I said, he's the chairman of the Knoxville Opera Board. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He and his son are starring in Bright Star at the Encore Theatrical. She's like, she can't believe it that one guy would do all this stuff. I said, his name is Frank. I mean, he can't help himself. And it's amazing he gets to do the show with his son. Yeah, they did. And, and they are both so, like I said, they're both so incredibly they both sing very talented. Well. Yeah. Uh, Frank has this voice, you know. When, and when his I son's first, name is Frank too. When we're so. doing uh, Jack. Oh, Jack. I'm sorry. Yeah, I well, he, this is the, you know, the the other son. I, I guess he's. He has, no, no, I could be confused. I just, I'm, I'm, don't worry about me. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore that part. But they are both so talented, and this voice during read through was just kind of. Booming, you know, it's oh. one of those voices that, that's like, I was like, wow, this is going to be a good show. This is going to be a great production. Now, who plays Papa Murphy in the show? Uh, that would be me. I make the pizzas. No. <laughs> 
That's what and, someone and, asked me. Did you make the pizzas? Like, no, no, no. It's actually Daddy Murphy. Daddy Murphy. My character. And who plays yeah, Mama people. Murphy? Is Kara, Kara Von Vagel. Yes. Who you and she were yeah. co-stars together for years. Kara's, Kara and I have been good friends. Yeah, we, she worked with us at Sweet Fanny Adams Theater. And she's, you know, she'll get involved in a production and she'll get me involved in that production with her. She's done multiple uh, yeah. encore theatrical shows. Yes, yes. Including that Mamma Mia that I mentioned earlier and whatever the most recent one is. She was still performing in that when you started rehearsals for Bright Star. Yes, and when the cast list came out, you know, and it's it had our, our names as we're going to yeah. be husband and wife. We get to play husband and wife. It's like typecasting. Yes, exactly. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so a great cast, but you still got to tell me a little more about the plot other than okay. that it's set in Appalachia. And, All right. And that your pop, mama, daddy, where you, daddy Murphy. Yeah, it's... It's one of those heartfelt, I mean, it, it's one of those you're going to, like I said, if I, if I talk too much about it, I'll give it away, and I don't want to give it away. Well, I mean, stop but yourself based, before the, first, before the okay, first intermission. It is based on a true story, I will tell oh. you that. And I did some research, and I found out that the, the man who's actually uh, the, the, the <laughs> don't give it away, Tim, don't give it away. The, the main, one of the main characters. One of the main characters um, was actually a war hero. And yeah. you know he, the the thing that he does in this show <laughs> was was amazing. And um, you know I'm going to look it up on Wikipedia of anyway. Are, of course you are. <laughs> but I don't want those people in the way. It, the the show is so much better because you have this this moment uh-huh. in the show. Well, there's actually several moments, but there's this one particular moment when you realize what this show is actually about. It's oh. one of those shows where you think it's about you think it's going to be about two love stories. And they it trick all you. comes together. Oh, that's like, Steve Martin. Oh, oh that's just Steve when, Martin. He's a trickster. When I first read it, I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, <gasps> they, all, <gasps> they all move into an apartment and someone gets murdered. <laughs> the only murder in the building. Exactly. No, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. That's it. Um, they, so uh, so they travel to ancient Egypt and dig up the remains of King Tut. Tut yeah. Well, you know, Steve Martin plays the banjo. So yes. that, that influence carries over into this because it's, you know, kind of... And oh, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned, but the first night, July 8th, yeah. is going to be a dinner. They're going to have a dinner. So that's a Thursday. Friday. Oh, July 8th is Friday. July Friday, 9th. Of, yes. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. of uh, this weekend. And then eighth, ninth, Friday, Saturday, eighth, Sunday. 8th, 9th, and 10th. And then... Um, the next weekend 15, is 16, Friday 17. the 15th, Saturday the 16th, Sunday the 17th. Right. Okay. Sundays are a 2.30 production, uh, the rest are 7.30, except for the dinner theater, so, that one's a little bit earlier, but the, it's that uh, sounds good. bluegrass Friday, and barbecue. Friday night, bluegrass and barbecue, is it right there at the location? It's going to be right there in the theater, yes. There's okay. tables right there, and, yeah. And then uh, do you move uh, over to the theater space to watch, or how's that going uh, to work? No, they stay right there. They're, because they're you've got your stuff. own space, you can That's do whatever right. they can you do want. whatever they want. <laughs> I did see about that on yes. Facebook, and I thought that's a pretty good deal for a it Friday is. night to get some go up to Marstown, get some barbecue, and watch it Bright Star. And that will be our opening night too. So nice. you know, well, that'll be in other words this Friday because um, oh my gosh, is it coming up this Friday? Yes, Tim, I should tell oh, you. You might want to check. Now the calendar. I can panic. <laughs> This weekend and next weekend, uh, it'll be uh, a great opportunity. And what do we do to get tickets? Uh, you can call right here. Go ahead. I'll, you want to read it or should uh, I? You read it because I don't have my glasses well, I'll on. I'll do it in my radio voice. And I don't, you do it in your radio voice. You can call area code 423-318-8331. That's 423-318-8331. I'll put it on the screen because it's easier. Or on um, theatrical.com. Um, you know what? They have another one. It says, it says it's etcplays.org. Yes, is that, is that right? Yes. 
I'll look it up. So we'll put. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bright Star with you and uh, Caravan Vagel and, uh, and Frank, Frank and Jack, Jack Rosamund. And oh, there's is the there's the list goes on and on and on. There's I can't name everyone in the cast. Well, yeah, I mean, but, we can look but, that up online too if we want. Yes, but you're the one that's here. But it's so. an amazing cast. Everybody in this show yeah. is so incredibly talented. I mean, it's, I, I have never worked with. You know, usually, there's like one or two good people, and then some mediocre people, <laughs> and then some people that you you really are describing don't want to talk about. He's describing the front page follies. <laughs> Because I was at best mediocre. No, no, no. You at were best. You, were, you did fine. In, in the I was able to rig it so that I was only in the numbers that I could, you know, <laughs> passively do. But you know how I sat out some of the numbers that were hard. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm no fool. Oh, okay. That's what you were doing. Okay, now I catch you. I'm trying to put this up. But this cast is so incredibly talented. There is not one single person in this show who is not amazing. That's great. And the harmonies, oh my gosh, the harmonies are, you know, I, I get so caught up, you know, while we're rehearsing, I get so caught up in watching everybody and listening to their voices and everything yeah. that when it's my turn for my line, I'm like, oh, oh, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen on show night. Yeah, I need some post-it notes on the stage. Yeah. Here, no, Tim, I mean, I, I know my parts. I'm just getting so involved <laughs> in the story and watching it unfold is just amazing. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. This is good news. Yes. This is excellent. I'll uh, I'll talk to Jerry and see what we can do about uh, what coming. I'm, I'm hosting a beauty pageant on Saturday night, as I do once a year, the Carnes Fairest of the Fair. Uh-huh. So uh, that's my gig for Saturday. But I'll see if we, I'll see if she wants to come to the dinner or just come to the matinee or yes. how that works out best. Yes, yes. It, it well, you know, uh, I'm always nervous about opening nights. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you break a leg, just, Tim. Break I know leg. every every opening night I've ever done, and I've done thousands of opening nights. It's there's just something about you always got to have the butterflies in your stomach for opening night. Yeah, always. If you you know that if you don't get nervous, that kind of, yeah, that kind of helps your your I, you know your performance. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I mean, I I do get to the point sometimes in certain situations where I'm, I'm no longer nervous. In fact, I feel like oh. I'm more calm once, especially once the show starts. Exactly. I mean, you've you've watched the podcast long enough to know that um, there was an old improv bit that we Christian and I did at some rando. It was at the. <laughs> I was in the happy holler and we came on after some girl was doing an Ophelia monologue and she's dumping water over her head and the, 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 the whole floor is soaked and they're out there mopping and coming up next it's semantics I'm like and I was like tense because people are just trying they're just bugging at us and talking to us it's the, the full disclosure guys wanna, yes. they want, they're recruiting Christian to, to leave me and join them which happened <laughs> <laughs> so uh, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and just tension 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 I used to wear this Fitbit and, and um, it measures your heart rate mm-hmm. but I, so later I look on the app on the Fitbit app and I can see that my heart rate has gone considerably up unt- uh, until whatever it was, 9.08 p.m. or whatever time happens, which was when we walked down on stage. And at that point, my heart rate goes down to like, you know, 60 beats a second, 60 beats a minute, excuse me, you know, or maybe even 58 beats a minute. And I'm just like, oh, now I'm doing improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm fine. Now I'm calm. Once get, now I'm once cool. You get, once you find your groove, you're right there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was, yeah. Uh, so were you like that when you walk out on once you well, open, uh, butterflies only for are, opening night until you start once the show's open it's like nah it's another show yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I mean it's it's. do you get sad when it closes absolutely and especially a, you know like uh, at Sweet Fanny we would run it for the entire season we would alternate shows we would do two shows you know one on Monday Wednesday Friday and the other on Tuesday Thursday Saturday so a different script and then do characters. another Christmas, uh, do Christmas show so we actually did three shows a year but yeah so it, we're constantly having to learn new yeah. stuff and new material but yeah, and and 
every time a show would end, it's like you, you get into a habit of like, okay, I'm got to go to work tonight, got to go do a show. You always, I've never ever lost the the. Um, I, I always want to make sure that the people that see our shows enjoy our show. Yeah. I want them to laugh. I want them to have a good time. Yeah. Because we are in this business for entertainment. Let me tell you a quick story. Well, I also mentioned that Frady got depressed when the Copper Queen ended. Yes. It's yeah, a I sad, that's that. a sad show. Yes. And she dies at the end. Yeah. But she misses it and misses that character once it's done. She wants. She's looking for another opera company to be able to produce it and do that show again because she loved it so much. Mm. So go ahead. Quick yeah, story. But, uh, um, but when a show... Uh, uh, when the show ends, it, there's like like you said, there's this sadness to it. And I was going to tell you a story about a show closing. And well, how do I take your memorization class? <laughs> Where do I sign up for that? <laughs> the show's closing, Tim. The show's closing. This show is closing. So you got to come up with it real no, quick. When when you know when Bryce started, because we've put so much time and effort into this show already, and you know, and, and you can see that, that everybody has has worked so hard on this, and and. Watching everything come together, the costumes, the props, the sets, everything. It's magical. Just, yes, that's, it is. The, that's it's the magic of theater. You yeah, start yeah. out reading around the table, and then you go out to the you know, where things are taped on the floor, and then you move over to the set, and then mm-hmm. you start adding the you know. Do they have big set the pieces, or is it more like uh, you have to use your imagination this that this is, box can be a table, uh, or can be a chair, can well, be a house? In in this show, it's a, you know we're if you're not a character, then you're part of the ensemble. Uh. And you know, so it's you're always on stage. Oh wow! So you're you know, part you know, and and you you watch the story unfold. And yeah. of course, the ensemble's singing background for a lot of different. Good, numbers. good. And but you're always part of the story, and so it's real easy to to watch what's going on and and, and get really involved I in like the story. It. Nice, yeah. And like I said, when this is over, we are all going to be so sad. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Well, take a hot tub party at Tim's house. Is what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, I, know, I think has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Frank has said something about oh a pool. Uh, you know, a, a, a party at his. Well, know, I did. Ro- I, no, no, Frank. Uh, oh, Rosamund. Yeah. Oh, okay. He mentioned that, that he might want to have it, his, and I hope I'm not. <laughs> well, good. Well, I said he just I, mentioned that. See, because I thought you were talking about. I told uh, Frady that we would have a pool party for all of the attractive co-hosts. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> all of my guest co-hosts. While uh, when Frady gets back to town, we can have a pool party with all of those lovelies, including you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be fun. Yes. Well, in the uh, in the days and weeks ahead, I still have to find a few more guest co-hosts. Eric Dobell from Impossibilities. Oh, Eric, yes. He's going to come and do... Uh, he has a new baby. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. had to work out his... We've been texting back and forth, working out his child care... Or he's been working out the child care so that he can come over here and uh, and shoot the show um, sometime in uh, in mid-July. So you'll see him before too long. Good I think uh, I want to get Becca James back in because she's going to co-host the beauty pageant with me on Saturday night. So I thought it might be fun to wait until after the beauty pageant and then have... Because she's terrified because I told her it's a, a tough gig. It's as an MC. Uh-huh. It's one of the more challenging gigs because you're, and when you're an MC, your whole job is to smooth over the rough spots. Exactly. Bring everything together. And when you have a beauty pageant with contestants ranging in age from four to 80, um, there will be rough spots. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I'm there. So yeah. I said it's kind of like great practice as an MC. You know, you got to really you build up your MC muscles because yeah. you're going to use them all at, when you're doing the beauty when, when you know, creative theater, which is no longer, I mean, creative theater, the, oh, in, sold. Uh, that was in Pigeon But when Forge, they were liked, just getting it. started, they had this fundraiser, you know, and they contacted me and said, would you be our MC? Sure, good, good And call. they good wanted call. me to be the MC as Jiminy Cricket. 
unusual. Yeah, and, and, and so, but uh, I and there was no rehearsal, no nothing. I was just, yeah, like you said, thrown oh, yeah. out there and like smooth that's, it over, introduce the next act. How it happens? And yeah. I would have these little cards, and I would, you know, like this next act is so and so and so, and just kind of, and then I had this. Uh, I like to make people laugh, so I would interject some of these really corny jokes in between, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would come on, you. and I would, you know, say, "Just what I just found out backstage. I just found out that, you know." Yeah. And uh, Mary Poppins, they had just announced that that the, the return of Mary Poppins, or Mary Poppins Returns, had was going to be released on and the I movie came on stage, yeah. and I was like, "I've got the best news, Mary." And the whole thing was Disney, by the way. Oh, it makes sense. You're yeah. Jiminy so, Cricket. So I yeah. Came out and I, yeah, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Hey, now I get it. That's why I was Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> But yeah, but like you were saying, tying everything, all the loose ends, it's up to you to do that. And I was a nervous wreck, you know, because oh, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking, am I saying the right thing? Am I introducing these people correctly? Am I pronouncing yeah, their names right? You're fine. Yeah. And well, it, it, it works. It's a mental state, it you works. know, and I've told this story at some point where if you're, I, there's another uh, radio guy who describes an MC, MCing an event that goes badly as going off the rails, which is a train <laughs> derailment, which is a horrible tragedy. And I thought, what if I don't take the train? What if I can cr- I can cross the river on a jet ski and I can zip back and forth and I can have fun? I can ride some waves and I can, as long as I get all the points, as long as I tap all the buoys between here and there, it, the order doesn't really matter. I just got to get us the audience safely across the river. I can do that without anybody getting hurt by a train derailment. So it's a mental state. If you're thinking it's got to be like this, you're going to fail. But if you're thinking it's like, ah, let's get it done. Let's do this. Let's do that. Ah, here we go. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's the improv, I guess, in me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bright Star. Bright Star. Uh, let's wrap train. It up. There's a train in Bright Star. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> How's that for a segue, right? <laughs> So going back into Bright Star. There's so, a train. All right, so I understand this. It's kind of like Murder on the Orient Express is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> That's better. Much there's better. There's a train. There's a train. <laughs> there's a train. There are some people. And these people, there's a conflict. There's a resolution. <laughs> and whatever you think it's about, you're wrong. You're wrong, right. When you go... And whatever, I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> whatever you think is happening, it's there's not. a there's a massive plot twist, and there's an underlying yes. Okay, who did it? <laughs> you know, I've written several murder mysteries. I started. I worked uh, for the murder mystery theater. Uh, dinner theater in Pigeon Forge. Yeah, they're on. I wrote show. like thirteen of their shows. Oh wow! Yeah, fantastic. All right, so uh, go see Tim in the, the mysterious Star. plot of Bright Star. We know <laughs> that he plays secretive. I Daddy want, Murphy. I just want everyone to enjoy this because mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about it, some people are familiar with the storyline. They know what what happens. Okay. But if you don't know, it is just one of the... I, like, I've talked to my sister to come in to see this. <laughs> my sister will cry at the drop of a hat. She, will cr- she cries at car commercials. <laughs> When they put the big red ribbon yeah, on oh, Christmas you know, time. I mean, she and went, the, yeah, well, and she the, just uh, touched spot, you know, she, and she's very emotional. And I said, you've got to come and see this show. She goes, am I going to cry? And I was, I hope so. Oh, so boy. you've got to come and see this. It's going to be... It's a tearjerker, wonderful. is it? But it's, it's happy. It, it, I don't want you to think it's a depressing show. No. There, you know, but it's a show about life. See, I... I am, it, well, I can tell you, it spans, it starts out in the, uh, it, it goes back and forth between the 20s and the 40s. 
Okay. Based on a true story. All right. I, I have to learn more because I'm a Steve Martin fan. I okay. uh, went to see him when I was in high school. He was on the Wild and Crazy Guy tour. Oh, yeah. And I sat in the last row against the wall on the upper deck, that highest seat in the house, furthest away from the stage, at the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, because I had to see that little white speck down on the stage, knowing that I was watching Steve Martin live, <laughs> not instead on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I've been you, a fan are since. Are you like me? Do you get starstruck when you meet people like that? I imagine so. You, I mean, because I've been a fan of Steve Martin. I mean, he's one of the reasons I got interested in comedy. You know, I would memorize his record albums. Yes. And, and yeah, I, mean, I would say. Saturday Night Live was some of the bits he did. Oh, the Wild and Crazy Guy stuff? I would, I would memorize, <laughs> I memorized that, and we did a skit in my college ripping that off. Yes. And I was the Steve Martin character. Yeah, I mean. Because I, we are the Wild and the Crazy Guy. Yes. The Fest Drunk <laughs> Brothers. I would, I would say, of all of the celebrities, I would probably. Mm-hmm be more starstruck meeting someone like a Steve Martin because of of that history. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, if you meet somebody, there's another another level of celebrity where someone is, you know, you can meet someone and feel like, okay, I'm a little more, I'm more a little more equal footing or at least I, I can just see their humanity of it. Like when I meet big comedians, I like to just talk to them as people, which they prefer. They don't want you to be starstruck. Steve Martin doesn't want you to go, I can talk, how do you be a millionaire with Amber pay taxes? Uh, first get a million dollars. I can do it. Uh, Steve, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you, he wouldn't want that. You know, they want you to treat them like people. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, uh, do you remember Hee Haw? The TV yeah. show Hee Haw? I didn't remember watch it, but Lulu I, I certainly was aware of it. Lulu Rowan's? I mean, I did Lulu. say I never watched it, but I'm aware of it. Okay, so all I right. Well, Lulu was one of the main characters, and you know, uh, she was very popular on the show. Yeah. And she came to Gatlinburg. Uh, she, she does uh, uh, gospel uh, tours. Okay. And, but she came to Gatlinburg, and she was staying in a motel, downtown Gatlinburg. And her manager came and saw Sweet Fanny Adams, and he says, Fantastic. I would like to bring Lulu to see this. Yeah, and, you know, but, but she's getting, you know, people recognize her, and she doesn't want people to just fawn over her and make a fuss, like we were talking about. She, says, she just wants to be treated as, you know. Yeah. So she, he says, if, we, if I bring her, will you not... Acknowledge. Yeah, say, hey, look at it, it's Lulu from here. So, but sure, we won't, you know, we won't do that. And uh, so, and she is an amazing human being. She came and she said, one of the stories that she was telling us was at, at three o'clock in the morning, people knock on her door saying, can I have an autograph? And she says, I'm trying to get at the some motel. sleep. Yeah. At the hotel. And, and I said, well, you know, I live right up the hill from that motel and I've got a big house up there. And this is when I lived in Gatlinburg. Yeah. And uh, I said, you're welcome Stay in one of my bedrooms up there, and yeah. she said. And I said it's private. I don't have any neighbors around me. Everybody, you can see everybody coming from you know down yeah. the hill for a mile away. And I said, so you're welcome. And she says, I'm going to take you up on that. And I said, okay. So the next night, she packed up her stuff, came up to my house, <laughs> and my mom and dad were such fans of this show. But you couldn't tell them of Lulu, yeah. And I, so I didn't want to say anything. And so the next day, and she says, I, I want you to know that I, uh, I. I'm an early riser. Okay. Okay. I'm looking at pictures of her. I mean, she looks different, yes. way different now than oh, yes. she did on Hee Haw. She's yes. like well, she's a lost. Female. She, she said like, she's lost 160 pounds. She's lost an entire Backstreet Boy. That's what okay. she puts it. So she was like Junior Sample. She, she was amazing. a big girl. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And right. she is one of the funniest people you ever meet. She's got a lot of good stories. And now she's okay. Very but anyway, she you know she says I yeah, I, I sleep late and uh, or I sleep I early, get up early, early riser. and I'm I'm so. I, the next morning we get up and it's 11 o'clock. She's not up. 
My oh. first thought was, she's died in my bed. Oh, oh no. that would make the news. Was it really? Your parents would be so pissed that you killed Lulu Roman. Exactly. So I went and I, I knocked on the door and I says, Lulu, are you are alive? You she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, oh, my gosh, it's 11 o'clock. I've never sleep this late. And I said, what's the mountain air? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, well, I want to do something for you for you, know, for you letting me stay in your house and you know, relaxing and getting a good night's sleep. Let, I want to take you out to dinner. Nice. And I said, okay. And, and of course... What restaurants do you take Lulu to? You know, and, and of uh, course, you know the people. Peddler? People are going to recognize her. Oh, and so oh, she, I says, see she says. Let me ask a question, though. So she's recognizable all the time because yes. they say that Dolly Parton can take off her wig and her makeup and be and walk through Dollywood, and no one would know it was her. That's not true. I saw her working on her yard, wearing a hat, and I recognized her. Okay, she lives Our, in my neighborhood, by the way. Dolly. <gasps> No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Forget I thought that. she lived in Nashville most of the time. She does, but she has a house, obviously, yeah. in Sevierville. Yeah, yeah. So you I saw know. her. I saw her working out in the yard. Sweet, All and right. she's really and you, petite. She's yeah. Petite. That's what I thought. They, she's so tiny. She was pulling weeds. I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's but hard I was, work. I just drove by and all that. I think that was Dolly. Yeah. Okay, I believe you. In my mind, it was Dolly. All right, fine. But anyway, so but Lulu, anyway, Lulu, Lulu. Would, was going to so, take you out to dinner. Yeah. in Gatlinburg, where everybody knows she's there, and then. And my mom calls, and she says, what are you doing for dinner tonight? And I was like, uh, Coming over to your house uh, with Lulu Roman. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, like I said, they're big fans of hers. And, I, you know, I says, well, Did I, I, I guess I've right? got, got plans. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. And I hung up. And she says, what was that? And I said, well, my mom and dad, they wanted me to go out to dinner. She goes, well, just bring them along. And I said, let me tell you something. They are two of your biggest fans. And she goes, well, let's go get them. So we got in our car, went over to their house. They're not, they don't know we're coming. Opened the door. Uh, Lulu walks in behind me and makes you know this grand gesture as she's coming in. She goes, "Let's go to dinner," and my dad's draw, jaw dropped. Oh my god! And my mom was just staring, and they weren't saying anything. And finally, my dad musters up enough nerve to say, "Well, Lulu, why didn't you bring Junior with you?" Junior's another <laughs> member of the Junior cat. Samples. Yeah, I, and she I, says, "Well, I would have, but he's been dead for four years." <laughs> And we went out to dinner, and my mom and dad, through the whole dinner, were, you know, my mom was eating, just like staring at Lulu. You know? But it was just such an amazing experience. Where did that. you go to eat? Uh, Huck Finn's in Pigeon Forest. She wanted catfish, and that's okay. one of the Is it still there? Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. And, and it wasn't a big problem. You just had your dinner. And yeah. Well, the manager, who was like 19 years old, had no idea who she was. But he comes over to our table, and he goes, excuse me, but those people over there wanted me to come and ask you if you are Lulu. And yeah. she says, yes, I am. She says, well, he says, well, I don't know who you are, but they seem to know who you are. <laughs> They're impressed. Yeah. And then uh, she, she, they said, would, would you mind if she came over and asked for an autograph? She goes, no, I'll bring him on over. But she, you know, she, but she was, yeah, because she's in that state. Yeah. She's well, in I mean, we were prepared. sitting having dinner, and, you know, nice. and she's, on, oh, oh, she's a gosh. wonderful person. That's fun. Yeah. Fun. I'm glad to hear that. But that's, that's, my, that's my I like the way your parents were so, sur- oh, yeah. so surprised. That's that fantastic. great. great. Well done. <laughs> well, this episode turned out to be uh, twice did, as long. Yeah, as I was going to say, do we do as a regular? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to decide if You're I just have to edit it. <laughs> well, no, no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I can either just put it out as you know, it's a holiday week. You know, we had Fourth ah, of yes. July on Monday, and if I just and, but your show is opening on Friday, so I'm thinking I might just drop this as a one episode this week because it's as long as two. Yeah. Or I could go through the trouble of of cutting it in half and posting it twice. But then all of the header, yeah. but then all of the bright star stuff would be in part two, oh. and I need to get the bright. So we want the bright star yes. stuff to be out there. So bright star. So I think my 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 gut says 
we'll just do one episode this week, but you've got a special bonus twice as long talking about Tim Coleman playing Daddy Murphy in Bright Star with our friend Cara Von Vagel as Mom and Murphy and uh, Frank and Jack Rosamund and the others. Those are the people I know. Oh, uh, Becky Collins. Do you know who Becky Collins is? Uh, yes. Um, I love Becky Collins. She was a cantor, is maybe still a cantor at the, uh, at the church where my wife and I would go. And um, We have to move a piece of scenery together. Well, tell Becky Collins <laughs> that I said hello. I will. Because I think she's, she's got a lovely voice, number one. I love, love hearing her sing at church. Yes. And number two, then I would see her in the opera chorus. She's a chorister with Knoxville Opera mm-hmm. and would always get like a, a featured bit, you know? Yeah. Like they would move her up to Aida. They would say, oh, you're going to be here attending to the queen because you're... Not just in the in the in the masses. You want to put you up here, mm-hmm. give you a little extra business. You just verified what I said about everybody. You know. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, well, another thing, Kara and I both drive a long distance to be. In, you know, oh, from in, Pigeon Forge yeah, or Sevierville we, to yeah, Morris. I usually drive to where she works, meet her, and then we will carpool it. You know, she'll drive one sense. day, I'll drive another day. Makes sense. And uh, but I'm I'm thinking. I hope they appreciate the fact that we drive this far. We don't drive as far as some of the other people in this cast. I mean, oh, people yeah, Becky, love this show so much. They have come, like, uh, well, Frank Becky, and Jack, all the way from Knoxville here. Yeah, you know, they've got I, a long I think drive. Becky lives near here uh, right. in West Knoxville also. Exactly. And there's, so everybody has this long drive. Yeah. To, you know, so uh, they're committed to this show. This is, you know, well, that's going to be a good now one. Now that I realize I know, literally know four people in the cast between you and Karen mm-hmm. and Becky and Frank. You probably know more than that. Uh, Emma, do you know Emma? Um, Yes, she she was in. Um, yes, she did on course. Um, I know who you're talking about, um, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Surely, there's more than one Emma in the cast. No, there's only one Emma. Uh, I'll have to look she, it up. She's our lead. She is amazing. Oh, good. She's such a great talent. And I, you know, I, I, I saw feel her, like I feel like I saw her. Anything goes, and I was really impressed with her then. And then when I found out she's going to be in this show, I was like, oh, I get to work with this girl. So oh, that's fantastic. She's, she's very talented. Well, do and you have the cast? They have the cast on the website. I'm imagining. Yes, yes, yes. No, I feel. Is it Emma Wright? No, we don't know. No, no, not Emma Wright. <laughs> Emma <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I was Emma wrong about her. Name. I have I have everybody's name written on my phone, and I am technically challenged. So, give me a minute to find. I this. didn't even realize. I thought you had a flip phone because when I texted you about being here, we get back these one-word answers. Yes, I I turn my phone off all the time because when I, you know I don't yeah. like to be disturbed no, during rehearsals. I'm saying or, I get when when usually someone who's got a tech. I've got a friend who's got a flip phone and still has to do the push the button you know three times to get the letter you want. Yeah. Um, so I thought that you might have that because you'd write back one word answers like yes sounds good excellent <laughs> that, that's the way I do it yeah all right ah I found the cast list okay Emma Andrews Emma Andrews Emma Andrews plays the lead Bo Choate uh huh Cassandra Hazard Jack Rosemond Olivia Smith Frank Rosemond Hannah Nye Andrew Alder uh, Andrew by the way is very active in. Uh, Encore, and he's the one who gave me all the oh, information. Good. Okay. You know, I quizzed him last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Collins, <laughs> uh, Danny Hacker, Kara mm-hmm. Van Vagel, nice. Tim Coleman, you, yeah, Candace Moore, lovely, uh, Jackson Collins, mm-hmm. Kayla Fielder, Brandon Meek, Dylan Filer, and Regan Faircloth. That is our cast, and like all I right. said, every one of those people are extremely talented. Good. Well, I'm excited for you, Tim. Break I, a leg. Break all the legs. Break all the legs. And uh, thanks for uh, for being here on our uh, Frank and Friends show. We yes. appreciate you. All right. All right. Take that, Freddy. 
Yeah, yeah um, I'm, <laughs> I'm here. Uh, we do appreciate your watching, liking, sharing, subscribing uh, to the show and smashing that button for notifications. Um, if you'd like to get some other great audio entertainment, you can use our code at audibletrial.com slash show. Just thousands of audiobooks, new custom entertainment coming out all the time. You can listen to it on a variety of devices. And with your free trial of a premium membership for 30 days, you get an MP3 download that you get to keep forever. That's normal for premium members. You get a credit every month for an MP3 download that you keep forever, and that includes during the free trial period. And by signing up at uh, audibletrial.com slash show, you are helping support the Frank and Friends show and uh, replace the batteries that we are likely to have uh, burned out on these microphones and other things. You can also support the show with the merchandise, including the super soft beach towel, which I highly recommend for summer, or uh, the, uh, the mugs, or the other drinkware, the pint glasses, the hats, the, the bucket hat, the um, t-shirts and whatnot, uh, but mainly, I, mean, I alluded to it a moment ago, we need you to uh, subscribe on YouTube. We've got to go to a 1,000 plus YouTube subscribers before they'll even consider uh, giving us a penny uh, from the YouTubes. And they've got the money. They can afford it. I just oh, yeah. need to get to the 1,000 subscribers. <laughs> so I appreciate if you would help us do that. Spread the word uh, and subscribe on YouTube. And thanks so much. Tim, you're a star. You're a bright star. You're a bright shining star. Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> You're a shining bright star. <laughs> shining bright star. <laughs> and oh, I, and I didn't mention our director either, Dennis Hawkins. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't mention him. I, I get and the emails. Ritter, our, you know, uh, from our Dennis at, on, at Encore all the time. Yes, yes, yes. Good. So, got a, got a shout out to them. Everybody. Too, so. All right, well, good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, thanks a lot for watching this special uh, extended episode. We'll just drop the one this week, and that'll be that. Uh, and we'll be back next week with uh, more guest hosts, and we'll try to figure out what's going on. Okay. It is the Frank and Friends Show. I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Tim Coleman. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you again next time.